When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Rick of Celtic Podcast. I'm Graham Young and today I'm joined by Tony Haggerty and Michael Gannon. Today in the pod, the post-mortem for Celtic's exit from the Champions League. We ask who should carry the blame for the Hoops Euro setback. We also look at is the Europa League the place to be for Celtic? And is the new and improved Rangers team across the city a blessing in disguise for Celtic after their exit? Plus we also look ahead to the perfect Thistle game at the weekend. How are we doing gents, alright? Good, thank you. Very well. Graham, thanks. So, start Athens, the exit for the Champions League, a tough night for Celtic supporters, the players, everyone involved in the club. What was your take on the game, Tony? I think like most people's take on the game, Celtic defended abysmally. And that has been their Achilles heel since Brendan came to the club. They've known for some time that they needed better quality defenders than the ones that played in Athens the other night. And they have shot themselves in the foot. Because I do believe that Ike Athens were a, were a beatable team. They were nothing more than a workmanlike team. Who, who made the most of what they had and had three shots in target over two legs and I believe scored three goals. Michael might correct me on that. but I can't, recall, I can't that. recall Craig Gordon making yeah. a, a ton of saves, that's for sure. Uh, they were certainly clinical, weren't they? Uh, yeah, um, yeah, but they didn't, need to be, they didn't need to be a great team to beat Celtic. The, the, the two goals that they gave away in Athens were nothing short of criminal. I mean, criminal. The, the, there's one man to aim for in the box and the first goal comes in. And there's eight Celtic players defending that that area. One of the guys is allowed to get the cross in, and then and it finds the man who sweeps it home. Yet there's eight Celtic players in the vicinity, and not one of them is picking up the guy that scores the goal. And then your centre half gets caught underneath a bread and butter free kick. Whereas if you had a domineering person in that position, that that's meat and drink to them. Would Boyata made a difference? Do you think on the night, Tony? You'd like to think so, but. The whole, the whole Dedrick Boyata saga just there's, there's something rotten in the state of Denmark with that as well. How can you have a player claiming he's unfit and a manager claiming he's fit? You know, and and Boyata to me should have been recalled sooner. You know, I know he had a, a long summer, but Boyata it, should have been punted long before well, even well, an issue, Tony. Yeah, well, we probably yeah. should have been punted. As soon, but, as, soon as Boyata's but, contract situation isn't resolved going to the World Cup, he should have been going there with a for sale sign in his back. And he should be sold to the highest bidder. Yeah, but he wasn't, pun- he wasn't that. punted, Michael. That's the point I'm making. Yeah, but listen, Boyata, people talking about, oh, it was different if Boyata played the other night. Would it? Was it different when he played in, in European games in the past? Was it have lost I'm similar not, goals? I'm, I'm not, not particularly. I'm not saying it would have. The jury's out on that one. And, <laughs> and, and I subscribe to what you've also said as well. Boyata didn't turn into Beckenbauer in the World Cup. He played against who? A makeshift Belgium team in the last game. Tunisia, against Tunisia and, and Panama and England, and a friend against Panama, England. Yeah, 
Sorry, I make sure I'm in. I make sure yeah. England team. Listen, but, but uh, I went through the the, the bubble bullification process. Whereas <laughs> when you don't see him, he becomes a better player. Yeah. Rewind back to April when Bayata was falling over the ball at Ibrox, and they said then you can get five, six, seven pounds for this guy. They mean seven million pounds. <laughs> Builder packed him in the van, sent him off. It should have been sold if it didn't want a contract signed. His representatives weren't keen on a contract before the World Cup. Understand what at that point Celtic should be recruiting. The, the nine and let him go. He's a, he's a year ago, his contract should be recruiting. And upgraded, nine, upgraded. The nine million bid that they supposedly turned down from Fulham is is looking like folly now. You know they should have. You should have yeah, but they couldn't. Take, they couldn't take the cash at that point in time because they've been left short for these qualifiers. Uh, and unfortunately, it's backfired because they were left, they were left short anyway well, because that, the guy refused to play. So. Yeah, but that, that's they didn't, didn't foresee that happening. But he should have been replaced and upgraded before that point. He got to that stage. But listen, Boyata played in big games, played against both games against Molda. They lost, lost seven goals against PSG. Played in games. He's, he's not, I don't buy this. If he played, they had to be through that tie. No, I don't buy that because they lost by goals. I'm in the team. I, quite a lot of them. I'm not um, sure. And I also the don't buy the kind of of his spent money. I mean, the, the two centre halves did play in Athens were five million pound between them. Should have been better. They weren't. weren't good enough. But Celtic have been. Tony's right. That defence has been an issue for eighteen months, two years. It's been an issue since the man who's currently at the helm walked in the door. Oh, has, but has been straight from the start. Yeah, Rogers yeah. Since he came in, it's been an issue. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think you uh, listen. Benny Rodgers fell out with me, or it didn't fall out with me. He mm-hmm. took a, took a hump um, at me talking about centre half for so long last year, because I, I, I wrote back then that it was a major, major gamble. Hang your hat on Boyata and Simonovic, purely because the two of them had never played a full season without injury. Their track record through their whole careers. Boyata's now twenty eight, never played a full season. His career, Simonovic now twenty three, twenty four, never played a full season. His career, hanging your hat on these guys it was dangerous. Uh, um, they'll break down. Last year, Boyata broke down pre season, didn't make the qualifiers. Celtic managed to get through. Simonovic has broken down a few times along the way. Refused to play in Astana. Is seemingly now um, not fancied by the manager after a few right, a few dodgy performances, including last week at Hearts, Hearts game before. North Tencastle, which Bayata played in as well, by the way. Um, so it's been an issue. This has been an issue. It has been an issue for a long, long time. And it should have been dealt with long before Bayata threw his toys at the pram. Because he wasn't good enough at that point in time anyway. Uh, and now it just looks a total mess because he's, he's um, down tools or, or whether or not he says he's fit or not fit. The game's been played on both sides there. There's also been an element of Russian roulette with the Champions League with Celtic. You know, they've got away with it twice because they've got to the group stages with defence that's ropey at best you know and this was the season that caught up with them they, they just they, they didn't replace well they didn't uh, strengthen the side with quality defenders and in the season when the Champions League money was upped and they've, they've said they've waved goodbye to a 40 million you know booty you know and, and and clubs at Celtic just can't afford to do that. Well, they've not they're, they're got any divine right to be there in the first I, place. I know they've not got I mean, any divine right, but they must give themselves every... I'm pretty sure, Tony, there's, there's guys in there's, there's um, guys in Poland who do a podcast about Liga Warsaw not qualifying, there's guys in Turkey yeah, talking yeah. about um, Fenerbahce, Malmo, Sander Liège, all these teams that are big teams that fans I'm not saying they have a divine right to qualify, Michael, but you've got yeah. to give yourself the best possible chance no, to No, I agree, there. but you're playing against teams of a similar ilk, yeah, yeah. and sometimes you're not going to beat them. Were I Athens of a similar ilk? Are Celtic a better team than Athens? Well, Athens got to the last 32 of Europa League last year, didn't run beaten in the group stages last year. I would think that's that's pretty much Celtic's level at this point in time, yeah. Celtic uh, got, to, well, Celtic got through. Well, I'm Athens a better team than Celtic. Well, clearly at the moment they are. Okay. Celtic got to the group stages the last two years and get tonked in the group stages. 
Um, got to last 32 and get beat heavily against Senate. And that's, the question uh, that's where I'm they are right had, now. Had, had, but had they strengthened, they would have been able to see off Ike Gartens comfortably. I don't think you can say that. I don't think you can, you can I, make those I guarantees. Think I think you can. Because well, I think they're a better team than Ike Gartens. But, they just, but they're Achilles heel. I think, that, I think the, the last three two and I get to AK Athens and that could have happened regardless. That was the gamble. That's the gamble. They always take they, 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 these teams yeah. are dangerous. These ties are on knife edges. Yeah. Celtic's home form in the last couple of years has has got them through. I mean, they've had major leads against Bersheva against Astana and then had to hang on for grim, grim life out in these away games. Uh, at some point, it was going to become a um, a bit too far. And this year, they came a cropper. But that's that's, that's, that's always a danger in these qualifiers. They get four qualifiers. Three of them now are teams that are much of a muchness and it's always going to be dangerous Is Jack Henry good enough to play for Celtic long term? Listen he wasn't signed for Champions League football I mean I know it's 1.5 million quid and he's, I mean, he's 23 he's not, he's not a kid but he wasn't signed to play in these games he's, it's kind of being thrust upon him but, but I agree with Tony that, that that had to be addressed and it had to be a couple of of, um, of proper tried and tested centre-halves well not it's the market they're in, it's difficult to get those kind of guys. But Jack Henry was signed to be a guy who plays in his first season, maybe 15, 20 games in Scotland, and gradually becomes a player. He's now thrust into these qualifiers, and he's he's, he's not ready for it. He's just, he's a, I feel, feel sorry for the lad. I, I think uh, he might go on be a cracking player, but he's been thrust into this role, a bit like Christopher Ayer was last year, and he's learning on the job. And when you get kids learning on the job, it's, it's dangerous. Not- these things can happen. Kids learning on the job is no place for the Champions League qualifiers, and I do feel for Jack Henry to an extent because he's been he made a bit of a scapegoat here. But the sad fact is that as Mike was just alluded to, he's not good enough for that level. Not yet, and yeah, yeah. not yet, and that's not to say he won't be in the future. But again, he wasn't bought to play in games of that magnitude. So why didn't Celtic buy players that could cope with games of that magnitude? Or if you're going to put your trust in a player like that, he has to be played alongside someone with experience to talk him through it. You know? It, it, and that's not Simonovic, is it? No. Well, listen, Simonovic was a guy who was talked about as a, a five, six, seven, eight million pound transfer target um, in recent years. Um, and on his day, looks a proper centre-half. He's not a football centre-half, which I know Brendan Rodgers likes. But... Unfortunately, when he has bad days, it's, it's, it's terrible it's days. Terrible days. I mean, again, um, another one like Sinclair during the week as well. Like Sinclair, um, he suffered a crisis of confidence because you said that he, on his day, he can look every inch the centre half of the dominant personality at the back that you need. But my goodness, he's suffered from a chronic lack of form, and it's just gone off the rails spectacularly. Oh yeah, I mean it's. Um, it, it, I thought I thought he didn't know he make off the bench. Um, the other night, make him on that mind you. He talked about Sinclair, but um, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's still top scorer last season as well. Um, but the defences were. I mean, certainly were good going forward the other night. I thought they played really well. Um, looked like a lot of danger, especially when Dembele came on as well. Um, looked a threat, but the, the back door was always going to be the problem. It's, it's not a new, it's, it's not a new thing. This has been it's two, two, ye- two years in the making. Yeah, but listen, Celtic, Celtic had a, a back four including Denier and Van Dijk and lost stupid goals in Europe. So it's been, a, it's been going for a long, long time. And Van Dijk and, and uh, Denier yeah, were, were involved in the Donald Dyla's campaign. Okay. They, they failed against Malmo. Um, so uh, I, I think it's the it's the kind of goals that Celtic lose in Europe, Michael. But they're just they're just bread well, and see, The names and faces change, but the goals yeah, remain the same. Goal, yeah. The goals remain the same. You know, it's just simple cross balls, knock ons, 
you know, are, are, are not reacting. And, you know, if you look, there's a catalogue of goals conceded by Celtic defence. You can chart them all. And they're all of similar ilk. You think to yourself, well, it's been happening for a long time now. Why hasn't that been addressed? We were talking in here before the game, basically trying to describe to the desk the second goal, basically. I think it would be an eight for Celtic with their moments, but they'll give a silly goal away, like the second goal. And uh, you can predict everyone who was there knows these things can happen. They've watched it enough times. Uh, do you think... Michael, tell them what you said would happen in that game as we sat discussing it during the afternoon. I said I Celtic will start brightly and lose a goal in eight minutes. <laughs> They'll then come so back into the game, lose a goal before half-time or after half-time. James uh, called a liar for two minutes. And, and I was... <laughs> uh, didn't bet it, obviously, uh, typically. But that's what but Tony's, that, that's, like Tony's saying. How many that's times the that, way you felt. But that's... Uh, you know, it was, it was watching Celtic in Europe, that's the way you, they yeah. make you feel going away from home. They cannot get a result away from home. For, not through the lack of trying, but just... Well, they have done it. They've done it, it Mitch and Gladbach, uh, Anderlecht. It was a different, um, can I just touch upon that? Uh, Rodgers' first season, I'm not saying it was, it was normal, but the way they were able to play against Man City away, Munch and Gladbach away, particularly Stana away, they got one each draw as well that season. Yeah. Something different. Part of the season, Rodgers was able to do something different, it's, but he's not, it's not been able to replicate that since. As a well, didn't it? I mean, Rosenberg away, um, yeah, that's twice, um, went and played well and played um, compact. They can play it, um, into a certain level of team. but there's 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 defensive lapses in there. That uh, that's the thing, it's not even it's not even guys killing balls in the top corners, it's the, the goals the other night were, were just shocking, um, defensively, um. But it does it does go back to uh, defence not being addressed. It was a problem two years ago, and it's still a problem now. Uh, at that level, I mean, they got away with it. We can make out no problem. But at that level, you need to have something. I mean, I, it's, it's an old cliche, but it could do with a, a Scandinavian war horse or something like that. The um, guy who's got thirty-five caps for for Denmark or Sweden or something like that, or, or a big bulking hard man, that kind of thing. Well, they've they've got one in some of which. Do you think maybe when these players come into the team, they're still been maybe asked to do too much, and then the guys who look solid for AAK might not look the same for Celtic. We've been asked to kind of play out for the back. Is it maybe? A formation thing rather than a personnel, do you think? Or do you well, it's a bit of everything, really. I mean, you, I mean, I mean, Jack Henry, I think, can pass a ball, but he's been asked to play that kind of um, that centre half role when he takes the ball out and plays it from the back. And the first leg at Parkhead, they tried it three or four times and caught possession. And Kieran Tierney had to run 70, 80 yards to try and mock up, up the mess. And then, as a result, after an hour, Kieran Tierney, who had been absolutely torturing the fullback all night, him and McGregor were working terrific, um, tormenting the fullback uh, all night after an hour. Tierney is completely tank, emptied his tank because it had to make these long busting runs to cover slack balls coming up from the back because that's that's why he's playing that left side. Jack Henry to bring the ball out and feed Tierney McGregor. That's that's the chain, that's the moving through the, through the phases that they try and play. Give the ball away, you're creating problems, and it's can it I, happened. And the first leg was the major. That was a major problem. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you're not asking these guys to do something that's alien to their nature. You're asking them to go and head header a high ball away that's coming into your box you're asking them to clear the ball or get to the cross before it comes in or be in a position to be able to clear it as it's coming across your six yard box now, now to me uh, that seems like basics of defending you know you, you work in and I know Michael's alluded to there Brendan likes football playing defenders but you work in finesse when, when you've mastered the basics and see right now the Celtic defenders not with the exception of Tierney, 
none of them really have mastered the bases because they seem to be getting caught out by the same move all the time a high ball into the box or a cutback from either flank you know and and you say to yourself what do they do at training what what you know what what is actually going on how can you get caught out so many times losing bread and butter goals i, I, I just the, these things puzzle me it's, you know? it's quality of player this is, this is not a new thing get back sure. celtic 15, 20 years ago away from home in Europe we're no, getting we're no. getting losing Dutch silly goals I know that Michael but, um, but it's silly goals that are avoidable I mean if you back, do even the back to Martin Hills either they were losing yeah. I can't even from home yeah but um, you're talking about I mean that second goal against Ike Athens that's a, that's a hopeful cross into the box not not aiming for anybody in, in particular and, and they've won they've won two headers and the ball's in your net. No, it's not good enough. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's shocking. You said it yourself, it's shocking, but you, but sure, it comes down to basic defending. Watch the ball in the air, go and head it, go and attack it. And cut it across, that kind of thing. You yeah, know, it's a simple you stuff. Know that, and that to me is, if you have to teach that, or you're still teaching that now, then that, you know, you're going to have problems. Okay, so we'll move for the game itself to the fallout from the match. Someone's got to take the blame. Someone's got to carry the can for this. Who is to blame for Celtic exiting the Champions League? Well, I know a lot of it has been framed at, at um, the board and Peter Lawwell and, and spend the money. I think if he had to spend money, it would be on a, on a DeLorean to get back to start the summer and start again. Because they've made a complete big year of this transfer window. From And it's by the way, it's not it's not just Peter Lawwell and the board that have... Uh, that caused it. It's it's the the whole recruitment process has broken down this summer. Um, it, because it, it means like the thing about three players, I mean Bain and and Eduardo Rodi there, um, and Lewis Morgan signed in, in January. And there's a Gary who people forgot he was away for a year. Um, so but the whole process is broken down, and the, the question is why is it broken down? Why aren't these deals getting put over the line? Uh, are they the right deals? Are they players that? that Celtic had to push the boat to get and then the boat couldn't get pushed far enough. Um, does that mean then the wrong players that are getting put forward? Because Celtic board aren't not doing these deals out of, out of badness. I mean, I'd imagine they have the best interest in the club at heart. So the question I've been asking is, why why haven't they been getting put over the line? Um, because they're too expensive. Are they too expensive because of the wrong types of players in the wrong market? Possibly. Should they be trying to... to to push the boat out to get these players in. That's the argument that, that Brendan Rodgers is having with his, his board right now. That's the division. He's, they, they, him, uh, the manager and his head of recruitment, Lee Conger, and put these players forward thinking these guys can improve us, but they maybe don't fit the framework we've had previously. Therefore, it's up to you to try and make the framework fit them, and they have not been able to achieve that. The question is whether, whether these guys were realistic targets in the first place. I don't know. That's maybe a question. That's a question that they'll have to answer. They can't get they can't get an answer on it. Won't, but um, these discussions are quite free flowing throughout the season. There must be in April. There's a yeah. player there that we confident likes that we'll be able to do it. Is the, the question you've asked uh, throws up more questions than answers. That's the big question. Um, why haven't these deals? Because the, 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 listen, the, the manager has been quite. I mean, he's let's be honest. He's, he's pointed a big arrow towards the door of Peter Lawwell. Um, but coming out and gradually coming out bits and bobs over the summer and then the before the game last week, and the, the blame is getting parked at his door. That's, that's no doubt about it that the manager has, is basically saying, I've done my bit, 
it's broken down elsewhere. So therefore, he's <laughs> Peter Lowe's got a problem because it's, he's got an awful lot of, of woes piled up on his doorstep right now. Um, but in his defence, I think what 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 is it, what is it that's preventing these deals from over the line? Because they're too expensive. Simple as that. If they're too expensive, why are they too expensive? Because Celtic won't break that framework. They won't pay fifty thousand pounds a week for a player, which means that a certain category of player, like sorry, it's saying saying a ten million pound player, a ten million pound player now gets sixty grand a week minimum. Does Celtic spend sixty grand a week, which by the way is another three four million pound on their annual wage bill, which has already gone up nearly forty percent in two years. So it's all right saying there's, oh, there's, there's, there's 30 million pounds in the bank each year in the Champions League, but if you're putting 15 million quid in the wage bill, all of a sudden that gets eaten up quite quickly. They chuck in things like new hybrid pitches, and all right, I know there's been a lot of talk about disco lights and all that <laughs> stuff, but they had to fix the lights for the Champions League at some point, or the Europe in general. Um, but these things add up. So, I mean, I mean, whether Celtic fans like it or not, the club has man- is, is managed along prudent lines because... They don't need to look far for what, to see what happens when they don't run themselves on prudent lines. They don't budget for the Champions League every season. They don't. They can't because it's there's too many variables, too many uh, AK Athens about, too many mammals about. It's too dangerous to do that. So they don't do it. And the argument is, should Celtic in the summer have went that extra step further to, to, to give themselves a better chance of getting to the Champions League? And I can understand that argument, by the way, because if you say, right... Their position of strength, back-to-back trebles. If they strengthen that team, they get Champions League for a third year in a row. They, they increase their stranglehold in Scotland and improve their chances of getting back to Champions League the following year. But does a six million pound cent and a half guarantee? Don't lose that goal against AK Athens. I don't know. So they have to weigh up. Do we gamble with the Champions League money to come with the money we've, we've banked that's meant to be the insurance policy? We don't get there, or do we try and get there and then invest again when we get there to hopefully get there the following year? That's that's the model. And unfortunately, the whole thing comes crashing down when they don't qualify. It's back to it's 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 the vicious it's the it's the, the virtuous circle to the vicious cycle, and that's what they're stuck in now because they might they might have ramifications down the line. So of course, and it's a tightrope to to Celtic supporters, but they've took their hands off the wheel, basically, or they've fallen asleep at the wheel, you know. And the Celtic supporters can't understand why you didn't speculate to accumulate in that sense, you know. As Michael's just laid it out. No bear there. That that's that's the variables, but the Celtic supporters obviously thought this year was the time to uh, strengthen from a position of strength. Go and spend some money, speculate to accumulate, get back into the Champions League, get the forty million quid that you can accrue for doing so. But again, as Michael said, does spending ten million on a player guarantee you that you're going to get there? No, it doesn't. But you would have heightened your chances. And I think that's what Celtic supporters feel let down by. They didn't give themselves the best chance and equip themselves in the best way possible to get through again. And the only people that can answer those questions are Brendan Rodgers, Peter Lowell and Lee Congerton, whatever his involvement is in all of this. And as Michael's also said, these are the things. that It's not that they didn't try and get deals over the line, but why didn't they go over the line? Was it the wrong player? Was it the wrong end of the market that they were in? And if they quickly found that one or two deals fell by the wayside that way, then surely you have to adjust your goalposts and your scale to suit 
and they, and they, they didn't seem to do anything. It is hard on harder to, yeah. to find yeah. these gems. I mean, a lot of people talk about the, the John Park the, era and all that yeah, stuff, and the, the they ring off six, six guys that made 60 yeah. million quid. But for those six, there was another you know, 26 that didn't make the grade. So it's a bit hit and miss sometimes, and the markets are, there's very few guys that are hidden gems yeah, anymore. Well, the Van Dyke um, is a great example. Van Dyke's one of the best defenders in the world right now. Somehow Celtic were able to get him for Groningen. But you, a one-off defender can do a bit of what Vidic can do fairly. It's never going. That's not feasible. You're going to find one or two of these players. The so Van Dyke, the Van Dyke one is is. I mean, you think about it, but a bit. I mean, but then Van Dyke, nobody really knew Van Dyke was going to be and at that seventy-five million pound defender. I mean, if something's back back to it. Celtic tried to get Champions League Van Dyke and Denier. Denier, a guy who's quoted at ten million quid um, teams in, in in Turkey. So another guy. Still didn't get to the European Champions League with those two guys playing. So Van Dijk, the greatest defender in the world right now, couldn't get Celtic to the Champions League. And so that's the, that's the devil's advocate. And with all due respect to Celtic, spending £10 million on players and getting into the Champions League is all well and good, but the Champions League's full of 30 and £40 million players. Yeah. You know, so... But for Celtic getting near as a target, that's, that's correct, the reward. Yeah, you know, so yeah. that is... What you are up against, and then listen. In fairness to, I mean, I think Lee Congerton has been in the far line as well for the recruitment. I think Celtic have signed fifteen players under Brendan Rodgers. How many have actually been a success? But you look at the ones that have been a success: um, Cham, Dembele, Edward, um, Sinclair. Sinclair. Well, there's, there's four there. I mean, three of those four. I mean, the three French boys that have been signed. They they have potentially. If Celtic did want to cash in, they'd make the club. What thirty million plus for they th- they, th- they three alone. So therefore, so if they've signed fifteen players and three of them make thirty five million pound, that's not any different to the the, the John Park era when they sold six players for sixty million pound over ten years. Yep. That model still. I mean, if Cham goes for fifteen million quid, which is feasible by the way, not this summer, I don't think. But um, no. all of a sudden, well, what, that's the same I model. It, it, no, got them for four, right? Spent four and a half, but I don't think Van Dijk was three million quid. I don't think anyone's disputing the model, Michael, because it does. Work and has a proven track record of success. I think they were. I think most Celtic supporters are just disillusioned. Why the, everything went from double, the invincible treble winners to the double treble winners to a summer of optimism, which quickly became a summer of pessimism, and is now carried on into the into the league season, yeah. the Champions League season. It's not well, listen, mistakes have mistakes you know, have been made, you know, right? I mean, and, and I think that's the the crux of it. You know, there is there is disillusionment now on where the club's actually heading. No, listen, I, I can understand, I can understand the, the frustrations, um, but it's a it is a self inflicted problem. Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. And, pe- and people listen, people will, will say, oh, it's got Scottish media are just twisting people's words and headlines and all that, and they're at it. There's nothing to do with the media. I mean, this has all been. I mean, Brendan Rodgers has drip fed his his frustration until it came out a day before the game. I mean, and it doesn't get any clearer than that. And he's laid it out. This you, is. I'm getting frustrated here. You were in Austria with them pre-season, weren't you? No, not no, I wasn't. No. Where um, were you on pre-season? The, the Austria the season before or somewhere? Last like? year I was out there. Last year with them. Yeah, I wasn't and, this year. And he was alluding to it then. There was a few. Uh, there was a few. No, so much. I know so much. I think this this preseason, the guys are out there on preseason. He, he did. He did. There was a change. There was a change of tone. There was a change of tone. Manager, a warning. So um, there was warning shots coming over the bow. Yeah, if, from as early as then. Yeah, but it's not. I mean, no. the the, the Boyer situation could have been handled better. Um, I say the recruitment drive has been has, has went awry. 
um, and there's been mistakes made in the pitch. It's, it's all Celtic have run out of toes. They've shot a on the foot so many different angles here. They've run out. Of, I mean, their feet are hanging off. And the problem now is if they do manage to recruit some quality players, a lot of them will say it's too late. You know, the, the horse is bolted on that one. Yeah, it's, but then no. listen, but Celtic, you know what fans are like. Uh, Celtic um, put a couple of wins together and then win the old firm game 3 0. And get a couple of games in Europe and the Europa League and do all right. But as you alluded oh, to I, there, I, I don't think there'll be too many complaints at that point in time. Yeah, they don't have a divine right to just turn up and win over. No, I'm saying it's, it's, it can turn quite can quickly. Turn quite quickly. Um, quickly turning, we're just touching the Europa League there. Uh, Mick, one man trashed another man's treasure. Could it be a <laughs> competition this year where Celtic finally win games regularly, more than level? There's good teams, obviously, in the Europa yeah. League. But is this maybe a season... I'm sure. I'm sure that was said about. I'm sure that was said a couple three years ago in the finished bottom of the group. <laughs> is this a better team? If yeah, you think. He thinks. You think so. It's still the same problems defensively. Lost a lot of goals. I mean, they lost in the two two Europa League campaigns. They lost about forty goals. Um, if I remember rightly, uh, under Ronald But I don't think it's. We're well, not back to the, back to that to that um, situation at Celtic. Um, I do. I, I, I mean, they draw. I mean, they should. They should be aiming to, to get through through the group. Um, it's a hard sell depending on the draw maybe a hard sell I don't I don't think it's back to the kind of top tier getting shut and all that stuff and, and, and folk completely bored with it but there'll need, there'll need to be a bit of creativity in terms of um, selling it to the public because they've, they've, the Champions League is the place to be I mean are Celtic, are Celtic more in line to be a Europa League club right now? Probably I mean same as these teams I mentioned earlier on um, they kind of flit in between the two uh, a couple of a couple of years in a row in Champions League is nice. A couple of years in the Europa League, that's maybe inevitable. Um, but it's a competition. I think if you get through the groups, if teams get through the groups, then it becomes quite interesting. But there's big teams there as well. I mean, Senate last year are a decent side. It's not. But again, Arsenal, Chelsea. I mean, if people go, oh, last year, last year there was talk um, finishing third in the Champions League. Oh, they can go win the Europa League. Yeah, I, think, <laughs> I mean, what? I, I mean, no, are, that, it, are, are we drugging the water on <laughs> the tap water or something like that? It's, I mean. It, it's Bill's either playing now. I mean, it's like, is somebody contaminating the, the water in the West Scotland? <laughs> I mean, the, the know, landscape has changed in Europe. Because the, the, the talk now is that it's gone back to like 2003. Oh, they got to Seville in 2000 oh, after falling out uh-huh. from Basel. And Basel beat them. Different and then, yeah, different world. And also people are saying, and they could get Seduva. And that was the first team they uh, played listen, on the route to Celtic got to Seville, Seville with the know, sixth so highest wage bill in Britain at the time. Yeah, and you know, that, but that's, that's the The talk. world's changed. The world's, know, I mean, that's what I mean. That's, that's what supporters are saying at this moment. I mean, AK Athens, by the way, who are apparently the most, the most beatable team, their budget was four million, their wage bill was four million pounds yeah. a year more than Celtics. And there's no guarantee they'll get Seduva because that's been played tonight. So. But so, Athens got a wage bill higher than Celtics. Yeah, well, and that's in Greece. And apparently they're, they're potless. So I mean, people have to be a bit more realistic. You know, but as Michael said, the Europa League is a hard sell now. You know, it's it's not where they want to be. It's not where the supporters want to watch. But until they get through, do you the, think there could be a sea change for that, Tony? In the sense, I can understand the frustration of not qualifying for the Champions League, but there was something almost morbid about watching Celtic been battered by the likes of PSG and Barcelona. The difference, Ronnie Dyla's campaign, uh, tweet straw with Ajax, 2-0 up against Fenerbahce. There was signs of encouragement before it went wrong. But if Celtic start this group strongly, surely the fans... Well, also, well, also they, lost twice to Mulder. They, that, they, they ha- but that, yeah. after that game, it turned. They have to get to the group stages and, and advance through the group stages before it will catch, you know, yeah. before it will catch fire and catch a light and the fans get on board. You know, if, if they're showing signs of 
having a decent campaign and can get through the group stages and on the next phase, then it'll gather momentum as it's going along. But there, there is no there's no appetite for it at this moment in time. Uh, it's, da- it's, a da- it's a dangerous environment because there's teams that maybe Celtic fans expect to be beaten. Yeah. But I've no right to. And if I don't beat them, it's I mean, that's what happened. Oh. The Europa League done for for Ronald Isla. I mean, finishing bottom of that group, yeah. what, what, what done him in? I mean, wasn't he? Didn't he? Didn't lose? He didn't well, choose to leave his job or the pressure got to him, or whatever it was. He didn't depart because of um, domestically. He won the league twice in a row, and won a cup. It wasn't that bad. But um, it was Europe done him in, not getting the Champions League and then not doing it in the Europa League either. Um, but then again, his first season he got to the last thirty-two as well, so it can be done. Um, but it depends on the draw and a couple of, of results. But it's a, it's a, it's a dangerous tournament to be to be doing badly. And that's for sure. Havoc with your domestic campaign as well. Yeah, yeah. So never a big fan of that, are they? No, no. And that's bad for the bevy on Sundays. And that's them guaranteed. No, that affects us working through to Christmas, isn't it? Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. That's so a bit of a good. That's a bit of a good if they have had if there's three Scottish teams in the Europa League. That's not a bit of good fun. Busy night on Thursdays. Aye, that'd be good fun. So talking about one of the other teams that might be involved in the Europa League group stage, Rangers. Is there an argument because Celtic obviously a disappointment this week? The last couple of years, Rangers haven't been a challenge. There's quite clear signs that Steve Gerrard's getting things right for Rangers. There's no guarantees they'll go the full way, but is the fact that Rangers are on the rise a big help for Celtic after the letdown in the Champions League and are they are they a real danger to Celtic do you think this season which are early impressions I think we'll tell they certainly look more organised uh, listen they cannot be any worse than last year I mean, <laughs> I mean I've, I've mentioned it before you literally could have had a guy in a clown suit on a unicycle and dug out Rangers last Did year that's what I'm saying that's what they had I mean the guy was I mean the, the way Rangers played last year was comical how bad it was um, and they can't they can't be any worse than that so the gap will will close or well the Rangers will improve just by not having that anarchy in the, in the, in the dugout um, and it looks like they've recruited fairly well I mean I think some of them some of them I'm not convinced by yet some of them, I mean I think Rangers look much more um, secure at the back which was was a big priority um, uh, Golson come in looks pretty solid Lad Katic I, mean, I had heard mixed reports from him in his first few weeks but I think he's looked alright um, Cooley by the middle of the park I think it looks a decent sign as well uh, no, I think there's definitely signs Rangers will improve. Can that be a good thing for Celtic? I don't know. I think Celtic fans may have quite enjoyed thumping their, their rivals yeah. um, 5-0 and 4-0 and 5-1 and all that stuff. Um, um, what it does, it's back, back, it's back to the summer again, back to jumping that DeLorean again for Peter Lowe. I mean, surely the, the signs were there that Rangers had to be better. Therefore, Celtic had to be better. And for Brendan Rodgers to come out and say that we're weaker than we were last year, I think it's just that extraordinary that situation to be in. That statement says it all. Um, and that shows you how it's all broken down. And Rangers um, were always going to strengthen when Gerard came in. And you look at the first things that he did. He, he bought a goalkeeper. Because he would have looked at the, the footage from last season and the first thing he would have said is, they lose too many goals. They concede too many goals. And as Mike was just said there, they, they were getting hammered right, left and centre by Celtic. And he's come in and he's went goalkeeper, centre halves, big midfielders. You know, we, we're going to be hard to beat. You're going to have to work to score goals against us. You know, and whether a strong Rangers will bring out the best in Celtic remains to be seen. They they'll, they'll relish the challenge and have they got enough to to do what they did from last season? It will be a lot closer. I think I think what it has to do is will uh, be a lot closer. They have to take note that that. 
they can't just rest on the laurels next two weeks and think, well, without the Champions League, we can't really spend too much money. Therefore, we'll be, they'll, they'll be okay to, to see out the season. I don't think that mentality has to go um, because there is going to be a bigger threat. So Celtic will have to you spend this next two weeks. They'll need to strengthen. They'll have to because it's a massive. The boat, but it's a massive fortnight coming up for Celtic. I believe in terms of a transfer window, massive. They have to do the something. Best players gone for the summer. Is it hard? It's hard to get players. We watched it down England the last ten days. Yeah, but they, they they have to do something. They now have to produce a couple of rabbits out the hat. Do you think uh, any uh, anyone will go uh, out the kind of big players if? It's the most likely. Uh, listen, the club. Don't, I mean, Celtic don't want to sell anyone. They don't have to sell anyone. They don't want to sell anyone. But that's not always the only factor. I mean, you think. Listen, we've seen it. We don't. We don't want to sell Boyata. We just do. Toys, toys at the pram, and he'll now get a move because I think he's done. I mean, I don't see any back for him. Um, so they have to be careful. I mean, I know there's there's talk of of um, Dembele and Cham of interest. Um, Celtic will resist that as much as they can. But then you're you're backing that problem if, if players want to go because they don't have Champions League then it's, a, it's an issue so it's, 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 it's going to be a fraught fortnight for Celtic to, 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 to um, and it's also a hard sell to recruit players to try and bring them into play Europa League football as opposed to Champions League football you know so if you put the, num- well. put the right numbers on, that, on a check for football players will sign it yeah to an extent yeah I mean but I mean they, they, they're now in a competition with a lot of players who if you putting numbers in front of them want to play at a higher level certain kind of players yeah but I think you'll always get I know you'll always get players that want to play for Celtic but then it goes back to the scouting you have to find players who are um, of of a certain level that are a certain level of ambition as well want to go and do a job but um, but it's going to be a a tricky two weeks for Celtic now Um, but it's always been us Champions League football guaranteed all roads in the garden don't get there different situation it's Fighting fires. It's the nature of the beast. So the final thing today, Partick Thistle at the weekend. Not the game itself is shouldn't shouldn't be too much an issue for Celtic. Thistle were never the ones to really test out, even when they were in the Premiership. But just in terms of what you think uh, Brendan Rodgers might do, we start in eleven. Reaction, certain players. He's obviously not got a huge number of players. Is there any kind of statement you think he could make with the start in eleven in terms of? Moving forward, somewhat Simunovic be playing, or I know obviously Ayers on his way back. Uh, do you think Rogers made any kind of particular statement at the weekend with the team he selects? Or I don't know about a statement. I think I think you're right in saying he's he's not got an awful lot of options. I mean, even though he's mentioned centre back, he's now take Boyata off the table. There's um, Simunovic, Ayers, and Henry, so two out of those three, um, which isn't the most. What about Lustig taking off the other night? Do you think Gamboa would bit again? It's Gamboa's yeah. not in favour either, is it? Gamboa doesn't really fit the way Celtic have been trying to play. And that's the problem. Gamboa's I, I, I don't I mean he's, he's been a bit unlucky, Gamboa. I mean he's chucked into some games that were he was a lamb at slaughter. Um but hey, yeah, welcome to Celtic can you mark Messi please. Um uh, there's, there's Kings like Coleman coming at you, Andrew Bell's yeah. So I feel a bit sorry for him, but he doesn't fit it doesn't fit the way Celtic play, whereas Lustig does, he can um, slot into that make it a, a three when Tierney goes apart and all that stuff so that's why he likes Lustig Lustig wasn't he great last year but I also think you're so witnessing uh, the demise of Lustig and the kind of yeah, the, the, the death throes of Lustig yeah, and Celtic to be honest I think, I think you know? Rodgers first season I think when, when, when Rodgers came in I thought Lustig might be one of the one of the ones that would maybe struggle to because at that time you were talking about him couldn't play twice a week and all that stuff and his fitness wasn't great and injured I thought he might be one of the ones not to make it, but he had a great first season. Uh, last season, 
things kept kept into his game that were, were slightly more. He's not one of these guys bought this just to see the World Cup CV. I can't have bought it. You hear this? Oh, they played at the World Cup. Oh, but yeah, but yeah, I played at the World Cup. He put, I mean, so did the 45 year old Egyptian goalkeeper. It doesn't mean you go and sign him. So I mean, Pan- I just. So did I just, Panama. So, exactly. So did Labour play there. Don't go buy half a team. It's um, or the World Cup. He's a World Cup defender. Listen, he, he has been a, a, a stalwart for Celtic over the years, but he showed signs of of creaking in the last year and had to be either replaced or uh, or have someone to compete with him in a summer summer role. But it hasn't again. It's, it's a, a failure of recruitment as well. If you're Patrick Russell, you'd fancy it. If there's an air of vulnerability about Celtic, you'd have a pop, wouldn't you? You'd have a you'll have a crack on Saturday. You you have. I know football managers and players hate this expression, a free hit, but it is more or less a free hit at Celtic because you're not expecting... They haven't given Celtic any problems when they were in the Premiership, but go and have a go in a cup tie and see if the malaise yeah. continues. I think as good as Alan Archibald has been at times last couple of seasons, the argument in these kind of games are a bit sedate, they're a bit... Uh, they don't take the game to teams, so you're right, this could you, be a, a good opportunity You know opportunity that this could that. be the ideal opportunity for Thistle too. To have a go and test test the back. Yeah, I can't see it. Back line. No, I, can't I, can't, I, can't, I can't see it. I can't see it. I mean, either, but it wouldn't surprise you if you had a go. Yeah, I just, I just can't see it apart from Shelley coming back and, and, and getting, a, um, getting a victory. Well, that's all from us today. Thanks to Mick and Tony for joining us. If you want to continue the debate, we'll be back next week to talk all things Celtic and you can contact us on Record Sport Twitter and also on our website. So don't forget to subscribe on ACAST or iTunes. Thanks for listening.